the free for all roundtable round two on round two this morning Let's, well, I was going to say let's meet. You know them all. Pamela Palmater is here, lawyer, professor, and activist. Tim Hudak, former leader of Ontario's Conservatives. He's now at the Ontario Real Estate Association and News Talk 1010's Adjua Nsia Yabois is here as well. Um, let's quickly talk with this. We've been a bit obsessed, but, you know, there's two new flashy candidates today. So quickly deal with the mayor's race in Toronto. And we'll start with the guy who's been in politics, Tim Hudak. Uh, Mitzi Hunter announcing this morning she's going to be on the this afternoon, and uh, Brad Bradford announcing yesterday he was on our show this morning. It's a busy field. Yeah, it is. It's going to give us some some clear choices. You know, in the past, people always complain, "Oh, I wish I had more yeah. choices." Well, this time you got them. I I don't think that either will be a choice for me, John. I'll tell you why. I've known Mitzi Hunter for uh, over a decade, and when she when she was CEO of Civic Action, an accomplished uh, member and cabinet minister. But when I hear out of the gate that you're not going to use the strong mayor powers, you're telling me that you're not going to use an authority that can veto a wacky decision by council that is going to make housing more costly. For example, or raise taxes or defund the police. You're not going to veto that madness. So she's off my list for that alone. I want to see a mayor who's actually going to lead the city and be strong and not say they're just simply one of a whole bunch of 25 people. And Bradford. Like, he voted against the police, right? I mean, now he says, well, he changed his mind to understand bull, right? It's like it was uh, you saw John Kerry. He voted for it before he voted against it. That is Weasley. Both may have things to offer. Not getting my vote. Okay. Adjua, your thoughts? Uh, I, I agree entirely with Tim that we can't say that we're impoverished in terms of choices. This is a pretty worthy field. Yeah, we, uh, we have a trailer load of candidates just coming off of the truck, back of the truck every day, and... Um, it, it seems like a lot, but it's better to have a lot of choice versus a no, no choice at all when it comes down to these two candidates. Um, people are going to want to either vote for them or not and just take a look at whether you agree with their policies. Uh, with Mitzi Hunter saying that she right off the bat is not going to use the strong mayor powers, I don't know why she would, would stick to that because you don't know what people are going to be voting for. And sometimes in a crunch time, you do need to use your strong mayor powers to make sure that the city is moving forward. Um, with Brad Bradford, again, it comes down to what you believe in in regards to his policies. So, yeah, I guess more people are just going to keep coming out, but it, it's better to have a lot more people versus than one or two options. And Pamela, I have to say, every time somebody says special powers, I giggle a tiny bit because it seems so ridiculous. But I, I, I understand the point. <laughs> Yeah. You know, there's just a fine line to walk special powers where a singular person can, you know, veto the will of the collective, which is presumably representing their constituents. We know in reality, that's not how politics works. However, I think they have if they're going to be used, they have to be always in line with, you know, the charter and making sure that that balance is matched. Um, Having a slew of candidates is better than the usual having one or two candidates. However, our system was such that there was a runoff or something so that you know that at least one person has a good segment of support versus a small minority, that would make it a little better for me. You know what? I'm totally with you on that. The only problem is it's hard enough to get people out to the ballot box for the first round. I don't know what would happen. But yes, I, we're going to have a mayor. And once you factor in the vote turnout, they're going to be elected by about 5% of the population of Toronto. Um, let me start with you on this one, Pamela, because you 
you are a lawyer, and we have a sexual assault conviction that was tossed over a delay caused by a judge's extended vacation. This is a part-time judge. I wasn't even aware of this program. And at the height of COVID, he was on vacation. He wanted to do sentencing over uh, a video hookup, and it was uh, denied. So now this guy, you know, this person goes free. What's going on here? My gosh, I am a lawyer. I don't do criminal law, but this is the first time I've heard of that in Ontario where a judge's vacation can literally trump uh, a conviction, especially in a scenario where there is a sexual assault. Uh, It's I don't know. There is clear. We know that there's lots of stuff wrong with the system in terms of all of the bias and sexism within the judicial system, but it would this is the height of it that the vacation of a judge would somehow trump the right of these sexual assault the sexual assault victim it's beyond me and i think that this requires an investigation amongst the judiciary about what's going to happen on a go forward basis and Andrew, this is i mean under other circumstances but we've had a goodly number of trials that have been kiboshed for example because they couldn't be done quickly enough and you have this 18 month timeline um, there's that old expression that justice must not only be done but it must be seem to be done and it doesn't seem seem to be done right now not at all and if uh, and I, the first the first question is why was this case given to this judge if he was about to retire and there's a chance that he might not be there so uh, that that is a red flag right there and that's just created this entire chaotic situation and if he was offering during pandemic times to do it over zoom and they knew this would impact the case why not allow him just to do it over Zoom? There's just so many red flags. So now somebody who was a sexual offender is getting off on a technicality. It's just, it's it's crazy and egregious and that needs to be changed. The law itself within the 18 months, I don't necessarily need to be changed because that is enough time. But uh, things that happened within this case all could have been preventable. Yeah, Tim Hudak, I mean, I've spent some time in courtrooms. I wasn't aware that we had these sort of part-time on-call judges who would just, you know, be brought in for one case. And I agree with Adjua that maybe this guy was the wrong choice. Oh, clearly. I mean, look, who's standing up for the victim here? Imagine that you're sexually assaulted, the, the violence of that, the physical impact, the lasting psychological damage. The person's convicted of it, and it's a cop, right? Somebody in authority did that to you. And then they walk because the freaking judge was on vacation. This is actually incredible. So who holds the judge accountable? Who holds the system accountable? You know, whose heads would roll for these types of decisions? First of all, I think this guy should lose the black robes and the fancy necktie they wear if that's the way he approaches his job with that level of seriousness for what should have been such a serious case. And secondly, John, I think we treat judges too often like gods on Mount Olympus. Everything they say or do is under their control. Smart people accomplish, sure, but we have to actually hold them accountable to do their job and make sure justice is fulfilled. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the respect judges get and the regard that they have. And I remember Christy Blatchford used to always decry the fact that a judge could tell the lamest joke and everyone would go, oh, oh very funny, sir. Well done. <laughs> um, Pam, I, I think that the Pope is actually in the hospital right now, but there's been a development from the Vatican, which is uh, this business surrounding, what is it called? Uh, it's a, a certain principle that indigenous Yeah, the people, doctrine of discovery. Doctrine of discovery and that indigenous people have been demanding that the Pope should surrender. Tell us about that. 
Yeah, well, I mean, this is just came out this morning. It's a two page document where uh, the doctrine of discovery, this idea that whichever European nation, you know, goes to a as yet unfounded country or territory has the right against all other European nations to conquer and steal the lands and forcibly convert whoever's there and commit genocide and all of those things um, based on several papal bulls. For years and years and years, Indigenous peoples have been asking the Pope to repudiate that doctrine because it forms the basis of Canadian and American law and in other countries in the sense that uh, Canadian um, as a nation and the U.S. as a nation assert sovereignty over Indigenous territories that already have pre-existing sovereignty, and they try to justify their sovereignty on the basis of this doctrine, which the Catholic Church is now saying forms no basis for law or actions or anything else. So it's yet to be seen what the impact will be, but it is a significant development. Yeah, and probably something that could only happen under this Pope because Jesuits are all about rules and uh, reasoning and stuff like that. So um, listen, city council is now looking at drinking in public parks. Uh, Tim, there is something so old fashioned in all of this. I sometimes wonder, you know, what what is the fear in Toronto? But we used to have dry wards, so I guess it makes sense that we have this sort of Presbyterian approach to drinking. Yeah, it's a good way of describing it as Presbyterian. So sometimes we just can't shake our sort of uh, Protestant Victorian uh, roots uh, in the, in the city of Toronto. Yeah, we did have. I, I mean, I voted to help repeal those those dry zones that existed. That was into the late 1990s, which yeah. seems so archaic. No, I mean, good for the councillor in bringing this uh, forward. It was Fletcher, is that right? I, I support this initiative. Shelley Carroll's in it too. Yeah. And Shelley Carroll, and holy smokes, I agree with both of those on the same day. Man, I didn't see that coming. But nonetheless, if I were there, I would vote for it. Let's treat people like the adults they are instead of kids to be babysat. Yeah, and Angela, whenever people push back on stuff like this, like I'll hear from people who say, what are you, an alcoholic? You can't sit in the park without drinking? No, it's just that drinking outside is kind of something that people have been doing for hundreds of years. And we've been doing it in Trinity Bellwoods in numerous parks for uh, like decades. So this is not a new thing. And... If you don't want to drink, you don't have to. Nobody's coming to your house and forcing you, putting a bottle in your head and walking you to a park and saying, you got to drink here. That's not what's going on. Most people will go, will have one or two uh, beverages, ended up cleaning up for themselves, putting it in the garbage, and it's done. And you can do that in most cities in the world without problem, and there's not chaos, and people aren't acting a fool. You'll always get the odd person doing that. But it's the majority of people are responsible people. They know how to drink responsibly. Just allow it to happen. It's just so ridiculous. We're in 2023 and this is still a discussion. Yeah. And Pam, when Doug Ford expanded the hours during which people could drink, it's not like that was the start of the road to perdition. <laughs> no, but I have a little bit of a different opinion because I work on, you know, sexualized violence against women and children that happen in public places. And there's a large number of women who are assaulted in parks by people who use the defense that they were inebriated with alcohol and or children being harassed, people getting into fights. And so there's a there's always a balance it's not just okay for the for the majority it's good what about for all of the women and children that it's not good there has to be some form of protection against people drunkenly hurting people and then using that as a legal defense in court 
Okay, well, that's the interesting step. I mean, there's one thing, you know, if somebody's getting out of hand, the cops can go in and take them out. But you're saying people argue, I'm not responsible for this because yes. I, was, I was pooched. Yeah, exactly. And there's been disturbing cases at higher levels now where there are, uh, it appears like they're allowing people to use that so-called drunken defense. So it's a matter of, sure, people who aren't worried about that or who have families or whatever people to protect them, they can go to the park. But all of the other other people who are victimized, they don't have that. So we can't treat it as if it's just a matter of, you know, personal freedom to drink. What about personal freedom for safety in public parks? whole bunch of uh, tech people, more than a thousand of them, have issued a call for a halt to research into artificial intelligence for six months, lest the robots take over. Tim Hudak, I'm, you know, you and I are speaking remotely. How do I even know this is not the robot, Tim Hudak? Now you should be accused of that, as a matter of fact. <laughs> it may have been a, a better version. Who knows? Uh, this certainly caught my eye. And I, I loved your Skynet routine earlier on, a big Terminator fan, and I figured Skynet was inevitable. I was just figuring out what side I'm going to line up on at the end of the day. Um, yeah, yeah. look, I, this, is, this is certainly, when you see the, the luminaries I hear that have put a big red circle around that, probably unrealistic for a six-month pause, but hopefully it will have uh, sophisticated governments, you know, leading governments uh, across um, uh, across our planet, looking at setting uh, some sort of ethical uh, overview of some of the edges that we are pushing. When I see, you know, Apple uniting with uh, Tesla and all that kind of stuff, certainly captures my attention. Okay. See, I think this is just where the computers start to fight back. Thank you all. <laughs> Good to have you this morning. That's Tim Hudak, Pamela Palmater, Adwa and Sia Yabois. Catch the Roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.